At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bond and Tony. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas at a Circus Sportsbook. Happy Monday. Happy New Year. I've got some sparkles on, actually, because sad I missed you guys on Friday for New Year's Eve. So I'm dressing for the occasion. Um, thanks again. Just a huge thank you to Femi Abebefe for filling in for me last week, uh, as well as Tim Murray. Just had a, a good opportunity to work a couple of bowl games last week, including the Outback Bowl, first game of the college football season for of, of college football for 2022. I hope that uh, y- you guys bet on the Hogs. Good win for them, nine-win season. Um, and in terms of just college football in general, I don't think that any of us expected to have the two national semifinals be as big a blowouts as they are. But the scene is set for the national championship coming up January 10th. Georgia three-point favorites against the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll get into that a little bit when uh, Jimmy Vaccaro and Vinny Maiulo join us from the South Point. We also have Mondays with Michael. Michael Lombardi, former NFL executive, host of the Lombardi line here on VEASAN. We'll talk all things NFL with him because there is a lot to get to in terms of the playoff scenarios, which we'll talk a little bit about, too, who's in, who's out, who's in the hunt. Um, and later on in the show, with Monday Night Football, of course, being on deck tonight, Steel, uh Steelers and Browns will have Steve Buchanan of DraftKings come on, give us some of the best prop betting opportunities. So a jam-packed show, a lot to get to. We're going to have a lot of fun, but as we always do, got to start the day and the week off right with our top five stories, things you need to know that impact us is better, starting with, how could we forget? New year, same AB. Bruce Arians telling reporters Antonio Brown is done in Tampa Bay after he left the Bucks' eventual comeback win against the Jets on Sunday. You see the... Video on your screen, those of you who are watching with us. Trailing in the third quarter, Brown ripped off his shoulder pads and jersey, threw his gloves, threw his undershirt into the crowd, ended up running through the end zone, holding up a peace sign after this. Um, Brown claimed that Bucks coaches and staffers tried to force him to re-enter the game despite having a nagging ankle injury that he reportedly tweaked last week in practice. But Arians said that he didn't discuss an ankle injury before the outburst. So a little he said, he said there uh here's how arians though and brown's biggest advocate in tampa bay tom brady addressed what unfolded on the field after the game hey bruce congratulations on the uh, on the win um we want to talk about that last drive but i have to start with uh, can you tell us what happened to antonio brown did he quit i've never seen a guy leave a field like that and is this the last strike for him he is no longer a buck all right that's the end of the story let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game yeah i mean that's um Obviously, a, a difficult situation, and um, 
you know, I think we all want, you know, him to, to, you know, just think everybody should find, uh, you know, hopefully do what they can to help him in ways that, that, you know, he really needs it. And, um, you know, we all love him. We care about him deeply. Um, you know, we want to see him be at his best and, you know, unfortunately won't be with our team. And so clearly there's a lot of underlying issues there from a mental health perspective, whatever it may be. You just hope that, you know, AB figures some things out for his life. Obviously already went through the brief suspension for the vaccination card issues, um, missed a lot of time with ankle injuries. But now in terms of where the team is at without Anthony, without Antonio Brown, they're already down wide receiver, Chris Godwin, who's done for the year with an ACL Leonard Fournette, who was their second leading pass catcher um, injured. And we're not sure if he's going to come back to the first game of the playoffs, when he'll be available, hopeful for the playoffs though. Mike Evans, of course, played Sunday, but he's not a hundred percent. So Brown coming back was kind of supposed to be the guy who helped the Bucks overcome those losses to make their title defense. So much for that. Uh, Tampa Bay's final regular season game is against the Panthers this week. They're eight-point favorites in that one with the NFC South all locked up and the offensive attrition for the Bucs. You'd kind of assume, hey, maybe they'd rest a bunch of their starters coming into this game. But oddly enough, when Arians was asked about the balance between winning and preventing injuries in Week 18, he said, quote, we're not resting anybody. So something to keep an eye on there. Aaron Rodgers, meanwhile, plans to play at least, quote, a little bit next week versus the Lions, despite the team clinching the top seed in the NFC. How much a little bit actually is remains to be seen. But Rodgers said last night against the Vikings, that was the first game that he really felt no issues. Um, he didn't have his pregame shot in his foot or anything like that. Said he'd like to get a couple of days of practice in this week, still feeling good and a little bit of game time ahead of their opening round by the line in that one. Currently off the board. Meanwhile, the Vikings were eliminated from playoff contention with the loss last night on Sunday Night Football. There will be two and a half point favorites, though, hosting the Bears in their final game of the year on Sunday. Bad news for the Cowboys. More than just the uh, ugly loss against the Cardinals last night. Michael Gallup, unfortunately, done for the year. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reporting Gallup suffered a clean ACL tear on his first half touchdown catch week 17. He was helped to the locker room, immediately ruled out. Further testing only revealed the torn ACL, so Gallup will not have to deal with any long-term complications from the injury, thankfully. Still an awful development, though, for Gallup. He's already dealt with injuries this year. Impending free agent. And given how late into the season this injury is coming, it's likely he opens the 2022 season on the pup list. Cowboys visit the Eagles Saturday as seven-point favorites with playoff seeding on the line. For the Tennessee Titans, could King Henry be back? Titans head coach Mike Vrabel saying Monday the teams discussed running back Derrick Henry being designated for return from the injured reserve list this week, which would allow him to practice. Henry fractured his foot week eight against the Colts. And Vrabel said, quote, we've discussed it. We'll see where that goes and probably make a decision midweek. The Titans will have a 21-day practice window to activate Henry once he's designated to return to practice. And ESPN's Diana Rossini reported Sunday that Henry was on the practice field last week jogging in cleats. Titans at Houston favored by 10 and a half this week. Monday night football on the docket tonight. Browns three point favorites at the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Total 43 and a half after you got to think Browns are getting three after opening is three, three and a half point favorites. So around a six point swing here on this line at most books with the Browns being eliminated from playoff contention now and what's looking more and more like the final game of Big Ben's career. Uh, Roethlisberger historically dominates Cleveland. Improved to an all-time 24-3-1 record against them after the 15-10 win earlier this year, Week 8. He threw for 266 yards and a touchdown in that one. 
Um, in terms of injuries and health for both teams, Ben's getting back tight end. Pat Fryermuth after he missed week 16 with a concussion. Uh, Cleveland's going to be down both its starting safeties, though, on the back end. John Johnson the third, and Ronnie Harrison. But good news in the last week or so, they've gotten a lot of bodies back from the COVID-19 issues. 11 players have returned from their active roster from the COVID reserve list, including backup running back Kareem Hunt, who's expected to make his first start back, or his first game back, rather, since December 12th. Now, we talked about you know, playoff picture and the implications. Uh, Just wanted to give a little lay of the land of who's in, who's out, who's in the hunt, what could potentially happen with this final week of the NFL regular season coming up. So crazy to think, you know, we've reached the midway point of the year and you're like, oh man, you know, this still got so much left to go and now all of a sudden it's ending. It's crazy how fast it comes up, it creeps up on you. But just while we're on Pittsburgh real fast before we move too far away from Monday night, Pittsburgh could still potentially... I mean, albeit the percentage very small, make the postseason, um, get a wild card spot. If they win out, if the Colts lose week 18 to the Jaguars, obviously, I mean, not very likely, but possible. um, (laughs) And the Raiders Chargers game doesn't end in a tie. So it's like a 2% chance, very small, but there is a percentage chance that Pittsburgh could get in. Um, 11 of the 14 playoff spots have been decided six of the eight divisions are locked up the nfc east and the afc east still tbd bills though have a 95 percent shot according to most models to win their division hosting the jets on sunday patriots are at miami this week Um, but let's real quickly just look at some of the spots that are locked up packers like i said top seed in the nfc um they are plus 175 to win the nfc um they eliminated the vikings as we said Last night, Rams right there at plus 400. NFC West still up for grabs. Arizona and the Rams fighting for it. Bucks won the NFC South. Dallas has the NFC East. Eagles officially have clinched their wild card spot. But in terms of the NFC, who's in the hunt, 49ers and Saints still battling it out for that last position. Um, 49ers have the Rams this week. And... For them to make the playoffs, they're favored at minus 145. Miss, they're getting plus money at plus 110. Um, Against the Rams, they have won six straight in the Sean McVay era. Um, I know that those division games get really wonky, but just a good thing to keep in your back pocket in terms of the way that those matchups have gone in the NFC West. Um, Saints are at Atlanta this week, plus 110 to make the playoffs and get that final spot. Um, But with the 49ers and Saints both winning yesterday, it's kind of one of those two teams, one spot scenario. Always a lot of fun. Obviously, we all know if you listen to this show who I'm pulling for Um, the AFC things shaking out a little bit differently. Titans have um, are in the top spot currently for the AFC. We'll see if they can lock it up. The the Chiefs win streak came to an end with a 34 31 loss to the Bengals last night yesterday, which was their first loss since week seven against the Titans. But because the Titans won. They hold on to the tiebreaker for the top seed. So um, Chiefs face Denver this week. Titans are at Houston, who they lost to earlier this year. So things could get a little bit dicey in the AFC in terms of seeding. But for that last, you know, those last spots in the, on, the side, on the AFC side, um, Colts are at Jacksonville this week. So everybody is expecting that that should work out the way that you'd think. Chargers and Raiders are playing this week for a spot. Chargers two-and-a-half-point favorites in Vegas – um, the Bolts moved into that final wildcard spot after their win over the Broncos, and they're ahead of the Raiders based on their head-to-head week four win. 
But to make the playoffs, they have to beat them again in week 18. So we were getting into this uh, before we started the show with my producer, Stephanie, because there is a situation where both teams could make it in still. If the Colts ultimately lost to the Jaguars um, and you have a tie game between the Chargers and Raiders, both teams could get in and the Colts would get knocked out. And the reason that this was a topic of conversation for my guys this this morning or this afternoon, because our handy dandy, wonderful producer, Stephanie Kamershack has a ticket on the Colts to miss the playoffs. So she is pulling for that scenario hard. I can see her in the back there, raising her hand, raise the roof. Let's see what happens. Let's get weird. The NFC playoff picture, man, blowing my mind. Cannot believe that we are approaching the last week of the season. Still one more game to go, though, in week 17. We'll talk more about it on the other side. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows, or you can download and listen to everything on your own schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast. You get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Ghost Hoops, and so much more. They're all free. They're all available right now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And it really is a great option. That's where I catch up on all the shows that I miss during the day. Time for a little overreaction Monday here on My Guys in the Desert, where the books maybe overreact in a couple of spots. Or is it just right? We're doing this Bengals edition because they had a big game, big win yesterday against the Chargers, so against the Chiefs, excuse me. Um, so... Let's see what we got here. Joe Burrow emerging now as an MVP contender, and I get it. He's had an incredible two weeks, but his odds went from 35 to 1 after week 16 all the way down to 10 to 1 now. Third best on the odds board. So, again, I get it. 971 yards, eight touchdowns, and no picks in the last two weeks. The recency bias is there. But I don't think that he should have leapfrogged Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion. He's a tick behind all of the made all the big quarterbacks in major categories. And I think we all agree at this point, like, it's the Aaron Rodgers MVP show, right? Like, these these markets are so odd to me also, by the way. Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup both have the shortest odds for offensive player of the year, but getting leapfrogged in the MVP. I don't get it. Neither here nor there. Again, that was a, a win over the Chiefs 34, uh, 31. 
Jamar Chase show as well, offensive rookie of the year. If you got, if you wanted to get Chase for rookie of the year, you really missed the boat on this one though, because he was plus 350 behind Mac Jones, who was minus 500. And now after this monster game, he's minus 225. Well, Mac Jones moves up to plus 175. So is this Chase's awards now? This market's bounced around so much between those two. I don't know if it's all sealed up yet. Um, but I was telling you guys a few weeks ago when everybody was all over Mac Jones and it was a little bit of an overreaction to Jamar Chase's bad game against Denver. So I think it's more even than odds makers have had it out the last couple of weeks. And Coach of the Year, Zach Taylor, moved up the board as well. He's your new favorite at plus 150 to win Coach of the Year. He was plus 750 last week behind Matt LaFleur and Frank Wright. Um, opened the season with the longest odds. So if you're talking about missing the boat. 50 to 1. So, you know, truly an incredible number if you liked him preseason. He's a name we've talked about a lot on the show as a potential candidate. Uh, winning the division certainly says a lot for the Bengals. They were 4 11 and 1 last year. Um, Matt LaFleur and Mike Rabel, though, both done outstanding jobs as well. And I like, I mean, Mike Rabel last week, I mean, he's improved a lot too from 14 to 1 last week now to plus 350. But he's somebody that has been someone like, I think is very legitimately the one to win your coach of the year this year. I like everything that they've done. You think about what they've had to overcome without Derrick Henry and still winning games at the rate they have sitting in that top seed right now in the AFC. If they can hold on would be a huge boost for them ultimately. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just still can't get over the Bengals performance and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have had such an incredible hookup. I just worry that because the last couple of weeks have gone so well for them that there's just a little bit of a reaction in the market. It happens. It happens. Uh, excited now to welcome in Jimmy Vaccaro and Vinny Maiulo, my guys at the South Point. Happy New Year, fellas. I've missed you. How are you doing? Well, we missed you, too. But then we saw your face on in Times Square the other day. And you were going like this, I'll be back for the show. I'll be back for the show. So how you doing, kiddo? Always better when I see you and you guys give me a chuckle and a smile. So thanks for that. Um, let's start with some of the college stuff, though, because I don't think anybody really expected both games to be absolute blowouts in the semifinals. Georgia, big win against Michigan, Alabama, blowing out Cincinnati. Um, but was the handle on these semis as strong as you thought it would be given the outcomes? Well, you know, it ended up better than I thought. Yeah, I was one of those. I wouldn't say like, and it's going to be really bad, but, you know, things are leading up and say, okay, we got a, a team that's a seven and a half point favorite, and the other team is like a 14 point favorite, and it was New Year's week coming up. I thought it would be a little slower. It started slow, but the pack, uh, the, the, the base, was really, really picked up real good uh, the last, I would say, 48 hours yep. coming in or so. Mm -hmm. The handle was you know, pretty damn good for, for everything that like was taking a slow build. And what made it better th at the end was like simply that people knew all four teams. People understood mm -hmm. the rivalries to some of them. And people still wanted to root to some degree for Alabama and to Georgia to have that repeat game in, in the following week. The only thing I was bitching about, kid, was like simply like – uh, this this championship game should be held on this Friday coming up here would be a lot better. But to answer your question you gave me, yes, started slow but ended up better than I thought. And no big jeopardy on the number following. Uh, you don't you didn't want the game to come 7 or 14. That's always a pain in the butt. But you know what? We had good two-way on every, every game. So you could win a lot or lose a little, which is a great way uh, to end your day if you're a bookmaker. Well, I think everybody kind of wanted – 
I mean, at least I know I did from a fan's perspective. Everybody kind of wanted some of those underdogs to win, right? Plus, you get better numbers mm -hmm. on them, ultimately, if you want some little plus money payouts. Everybody wanted it to be competitive games. They just ultimately weren't. Vinny, meanwhile, so as we look ahead, now you've got yeah. the Georgia-Alabama SEC Championship rematch. I know a lot of people were a little bit surprised at the number that came out for Georgia being favored, considering the way that Alabama knocked them down the way they did in the SEC title game. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of walk us through how you came to the number you did on Georgia? Yeah, and uh, Stormy, uh, nice job, uh, not only in uh, Times Square, but on the West Coast as well. Stormy, coast to coast. Happy New Year to you. Uh, you know, Stormy, just like, I, I, here's what I could compare it to. Uh, similar to uh, NFL conference title Sunday, right? What happens? What's what was freshest in people's minds, right? Uh, and of course, it was Georgia uh, coming in. And and I think the other part of it is uh, Georgia. Uh, you know, they, I think they're going to learn a lot from their first experience with Alabama. It's going to be difficult for them to beat them twice, too. So there's an element of anticipation on our side of the counter, and I think that's what came into it. And what's interesting is we hung it two and a half here. Chris Andrews released it uh, right uh, actually before the end of the uh, Georgia game because it was already determined at that point uh, at two and a half, and they laid it. Uh, and mm. now uh, we're sitting at, at uh, with uh, Georgia as three-point favorites. Not saying that uh, Georgia's a lock to win it, but, but, uh, but I think the perception out there is Georgia had the second and the most recent dominant performance and i think folks uh, want to uh, uh, there are some folks that believe that it's going to be difficult for alabama to beat them twice in uh, in the same season and and what we saw storm was like something you usually see in this, this similar situation as vinnie just said you know chris opened the game two and a half we took two forty four thousand dollar bets on the favorite so we kind of knew you know where mm -hmm. this number was going to be no one was going to be off uh, a point on either side, but I'll tell you what we'll probably see in a similar situation. We will write a lot of tickets on Alabama money line. Their favorites to come to town and others say, we're rooting for my favorite team that's Alabama. Jimmy, I just want to bet them to win the game. You'll see a thousand twenty to $250 money line bets on Alabama, a perfect spot because in a sense, to some degree too, let's say you come into the games, you know, plus two and a half. Well, you'd rather take the money line in most cases as opposed to the two and a half points. So uh, we'll do a lot of people coming to the window. That I can promise you. Yeah, I mean, those are both two teams that all season long, everybody's, oh, it's hard to bet against Georgia, hard to bet against Alabama. Now they're facing off in the national title. Uh, but Browns and uh, Pittsburgh going head-to-head -head tonight, Monday night football. How is this game shaping up for the books, Vinny? Uh, especially considering this line flipped from the Browns being favored early on to now they're getting the points. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously the playoff picture is coming to, into play in this game, right, Stormy? I mean, we opened the... Uh, the Browns a week ago today as three-point favorites, and now the Steelers sit uh, as three-point favorites here at the South Point. Um, it, 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 because now the Browns are eliminated, right? And I think the other part of, that uh, you have in, under uh, uh, to take into consideration, uh, and Jimmy will chime in on this as well, is that is this uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Pittsburgh? And Jimmy, it's a little bit of a rivalry here too with these two teams, even though the Browns are out of the playoff picture. Well, these two teams uh, probably hate each other more than any other two in the uh, NFL. I mean, as a kid, I remember like 
you know, going way back and reading a little bit about uh, the rivalry that started obviously years ago. And as Vinny said, he's right on the money. This is a thank you, Ben Roethlisberger move. That's exactly what it is. I just think more and more people kind of figured out it was coming to the end. And you know what you know what we get once in a while, Stormy, is like in a situation like this, let's say you walk to the counter and where, or betting somewhere in a, a million miles away from here, just simply, okay, bet the Steelers, but you know what? I'm not going to cash my ticket. I'm just going to keep it. It's Roethlisberger's last game, and I'm keeping this ticket. I've seen it before. You could see it again. Interesting. Interesting point for sure. Uh, just real quickly before I let you guys go, because you did mention, obviously, the Browns out of playoff contention here. How does that go into some of your numbers that you put out for this week? It's got to be – I know it's tough for us as betters. It's got to be tough for you guys on that side of the counter to make those numbers too in terms of motivation for teams and who's sitting who. Yeah, well, you know what you have to do, Stormy, is not, don't, you don't have to race to be number one. You don't have to put up every game. And uh, in, in case of some games, you just have to wait a little bit. Uh, Packer game is probably the biggest example of that. Uh, and right now, why? What, just trying to see if Rodgers is going to play at all. Uh, if he doesn't, believe it or not, the, uh, the Lions are, uh, I've seen them as a slight favorite. Thanks, Go guys. It, I appreciate the wave. <laughs> That's Jimmy Vaccaro and Vinny Maiulo from the South Point. When we come back, Michael Lombardi will join us and be better. Who did and did not step up on Sunday? We'll let you know. More my guys on the other side. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back, everybody, to My Guys in the Desert. This segment brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that works for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over a 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. Head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, live from Las Vegas from Circus Sportsbook, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Last week, Femi Abebefe was on the program telling you some people and teams that needed to be better in week 17 so did they or didn't they let's take a gander Washington football team after allowing 36.7 points per game their three games prior to Sunday held the Eagles to just seven first half points solid 20 in the game but not enough okay I mean you're out of playoff contention now you're not able to get over the hump I I know that it wasn't the defense's fault but again, just just not enough. The Eagles ultimately wore down the banged-up football team in the second half. But hey, nobody had a fist fight. That's a win for the Washington football team in my book. Second one here on the Be Better list, Drew Locke, uh, Broncos. I said he's garbage time good because that's where most of his tangible production came from against the Chargers. He did have a shoulder injury earlier in the game. Missed some time, fought through. Um, overall, did have good numbers, 245 yards and a touchdown, but the touchdown obviously came when the game was out of reach. Third best passer rating of his career for Drew Locke. And uh, at the end of the day, though, an ugly loss again. Broncos now out of the postseason themselves. Vic Fangio said Teddy Bridgewater is still in concussion protocol, and they are planning to start Locke again this week against the Chiefs. So 
We'll see what happens there. Last one here that was challenged. The Arizona Cardinals needed to be better, and I think we can all agree that they certainly were. After dropping three straight games, held on for a massive win in Dallas against the Cowboys, the 25-22 final was really not indicative of how much better the Cardinals felt to me in that game. I mean, the Cowboys looked rough. Uh, I, I know they're all mad about the fumble. Their fans are all mad about the fumble. You should be more mad at yourself because of the variety of other issues. But the Cardinals defense played playoff caliber effort throughout. And Kyler Murray's escapability and mobility and everything he was able to do was really impressive. Very hard to contain. I thought this is a fun fact. 8-0 in that stadium lifetime. He's you know widely regarded as one of the best high school Texas quarterbacks ever um, undefeated in high school in that stadium, one there in college, and now 2-0 and as a pro. So the Texas boy loves being home, and it was kind of cool in the postgame seeing him talk about that as well. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to connect with Michael Lombardi on the line, but we can still keep rolling on talking about a few of these games that happened, and maybe we can get into a little bit of the Antonio Brown madness that happened yesterday and, and some opinions on that. Um, but let's wrap up this just Cardinals- Cowboys conversation because I think so much of the national storylines today are what's wrong with Dak and what's wrong with Dallas and what's their potential going to be. But I don't think enough attention has really been paid to how strong of a game that the Arizona Cardinals really did have. And it, it was an impressive showing. So I uh, just wanted to make sure that they get a little bit of their due. Um, it was just a 13 to seven game at halftime and 25-22 final. And obviously Dallas came close, but um, Kyler Murray, 263 yards, two touchdowns, 44 yards on the ground. Um, defensively gave fits all day long to Dallas. And it was just one of those games that on paper, you would have expected Dallas on the streak that they had been on to show up and show out and be so dominant. Um, but things have just been off for them. And so, um, you know, their four-game win streak comes to an end against Arizona and their chances for the top seed in the NFC go down the toilet, unfortunately. But we can go recap some of the games from yesterday. It was a full slate uh, of NFL craziness. Um, the Buffalo Bills beat the Falcons despite Josh Allen throwing three interceptions. He had two rushing touchdowns in the first quarter. Um that was such a wonky game to me. It's a game that you kind of expect the Bills to go in and be so dominant from start to finish. The game starts with a safety. It's all bizarre. Um, Matt Ryan finished the day with 197 yards. Josh Allen, 120 yards, three picks, no touchdowns, but did, as I said, have the two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Devin Singletary finally had a day, and your girl needed that for fantasy. Let me tell you, 110 yards and two touchdowns, a big win for the Bills, especially with that division still up in the air, um, although it does seem, like I mentioned off the top of the show, that the Bills, they've got a 95% chance to to take home the division, um, got to close out the season strong this week. Um, the Bears beat the Giants. The Giants, okay, I, I need to remember this exact stat. Was it negative 11 pass yards? Is that negative 10 pass yards for the Giants in this game? That is insane. So much so um, that after this 29-3 to loss, Joe Judge had an 11-game speech, an 11-minute speech post-game, um, just diving into how the foundation of the Giants is fine, and that you know all of the, all of these different things are good. Like the things that 
are I'm trying to figure out the right way to verbalize this. I'm sorry. But with the Giants, they said that like their foundation is good. They don't have bad apples. They have all of these things working in their favor. They just apparently can't play football. Mike Glennon, four for 11, 24 yards, two interceptions. And like I said, ultimately resulted in negative yardage from the past game. Um, just a really brutal outing for New York against Chicago. Um, Andy Dalton, though, in lieu of Justin Fields, had a solid enough day. One touchdown, one interception, um, just shy of 200 yards. Um, the Bengals and Chiefs game is one for the ages. I saw a lot of tweets on social media that had me laughing because uh, obviously the Rose Bowl was a shootout and it was a lot of fun. And everybody was saying that the Chiefs and Bengals were kind of the NFL's version of the Rose Bowl this Sunday. Patrick Mahomes, 259 yards, two touchdowns, outdueled by Joe Burrow, 446 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, just incredible showing from him and Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase could not be stopped. 266 yards, three touchdowns. That long 72-yarder was incredible to watch. And that duo, especially think of their youth, you think of the potential of the Bengals, the turnaround that they've had from last season to this season, the potential of the future, especially with Joe Burrow healthy is so high. The sky is the limit for what could happen for that franchise down the line. Um, but that was a game that I don't think a lot of people anticipated to go the way that it did. And I, I don't know. I just can't express to you how exciting that is, I think, just to think about if you're a Bengals fan, the potential for where things could go. Um, they've won their last three games. As you see, they're up on the screen. They beat the Broncos, the Ravens, now the Chiefs. They're going to close out the season. Um, at the Browns next week. Browns again facing the Steelers tonight on Monday Night Football as three-point dogs, although that line opened as three-point favorites. So with them being out of playoff contention with the Steelers potentially playing host to Big Ben's final game of his career, I know that no public announcement has actually been made about whether or not it will be Ben's last game, but he's made all of the implications that it feels that way. Um, and it would be cool, I think. Uh, you know, we talked about it with Jimmy and Vinny, what that would mean for betters, just wanting to get a ticket on this game, wanting to be involved in the game, and having a little piece of history um, with a surefire fire first ballot Hall of Famer coming to a close in his career. Um, I'm really looking forward to having Steve Buchanan on the show here in just a little bit to talk through some of the prop betting opportunities. One for tonight that I actually have a lot of interest in is first half under so I saw this number at 21 and a half on DraftKings and various books for, I believe it's minus 110, minus 120. But if you still like the number at 20, there are some books that have that as plus money. Um, so do your shopping around. But I liked the first half under for a couple of reasons. Um, the Steelers have been really bad <laughs> scoring in the first half. Pittsburgh's averaged just two points per game the first half over their last five games, have not had a touchdown in the first half over that two and three span. Um, the last time Big Ben threw a touchdown pass in the first half was against the Chargers on November 21st. So I'll, I say that just to say that Big Ben takes a little while to get going. I know it's, like we said, potentially his last game there, but if he does show up and show out, I still don't think it'll be in the first half. Um, the, uh, the Cleveland, meanwhile, not much better. They're averaging just 12 first half points um, over the last five games. So that's probably my taken by storm favorite <laughs> bet of the, the day. If you wanted to get in on the Steelers, I think that you kind of missed the boat. Uh, it'll be interesting to see Steve's 
perspective on that. I know a lot of people got in on Pittsburgh when they were at the plus points, getting three, getting three and a half, even as it slowly shifted. So we'll, you know, I think that might be one of my first questions to Steve is, is it still worth getting in on the Steelers laying the three, even though Cleveland has the more talented team and certainly has a lot more coming back from COVID-19 with all the issues they had was really unfortunate to see. We shall get to it in just a little bit. Stay with us on My Guys in the Desert. Plenty more Monday night preview on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. You can subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Wrapping things up here live from Las Vegas at Circus Sportsbook. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. This is my guys in the desert. And whenever we have a primetime game, you know we love that plus money, honey. So doing a little digging, seeing where I can find some of the best plus money sprinkle options for us tonight. One I really like. This might be my favorite one. Pat Fryermuth to score a touchdown in a Steelers win. Plus 300. He's back after missing last week with a concussion. Six of his of, of his seven touchdowns on the year have come in the last eight games. He scored in the Steelers' 15-10 win against the Browns earlier this year. It also helps my cause that the Browns are 26 in the league in passing touchdowns allowed per game. So, Pat Fryermuth, good in the end zone for me. And I like the Steelers tonight as well in potentially Big Ben's final game. Chase Claypool over three and a half receptions is at plus 105. He had four catches the first time they played. He also was targeted six times and made four catches last week against Kansas City. I can see him continuing to get the ball since he was reliable recently. And Baker Mayfield over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 135. I'm not super high on that one as much as, you know, my Pat Fryermuth one there. Um, still debating where I want to go with this one, but Maker has had two touchdowns in each of his last two games. The Steelers have also allowed one and a half touchdowns uh, through the air per game this season, 22 on the air. TBD, 
But we love that plus money, honey. We also love when Steve Buchanan of DraftKings joins the program. So happy to welcome him in now. How are you, Steve? Thanks for doing this. I'm great. You you, you just you know how to do the intros, girl. You're 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 a, a, a pro at that. What can I say? I if I like my guest, I gotta let him know. I gotta let him know. <laughs> hey, so but just hey, any of those ones that I just mentioned, like love or hate. Yeah, I like that Frymouth one. I mean, obviously, this is going to be all the Big Ben show. Everybody's going to be putting on a big spectacle for him. And, you know, maybe this ends up being like a total sucker bed because everybody's going to be on the Big Ben side, myself included. But I like that Frymouth one a lot. That's some good plus money, honey. Yeah. Hey, so, okay, speaking of the Steelers then, what number did you ultimately end up getting them at? Because Steelers, of course, were getting three and a half as high as at one point last week, and now they're all the way down to three-point favorites. So the line has shifted a lot with the Browns being out of playoff contention. Is it still worth getting in on at the big number? Yeah, look, I mean, look, the, this this line, like you said, has moved dramatically. And right now it's at minus two and a half in favor of the Steelers at minus 120. So it's a good indication that we could get this back up to three. But the public is loving the Steelers at this point. 75% of the handles, 65% of the bets are on the Steelers here. And, you know, in the past 24 hours, the playoff picture has become much clearer. But it does not include the Cleveland Browns, who are officially eliminated from playoff contention. That's why this line has been moving so much here. And in reality if you look at the trends here i mean the steelers are not a great bet against the spread they're one in five against the spread as home favorites this season but everyone seems confident they're going to go two and five after it is all said and done this browns team has just been a disaster for the past month both teams really have to be mm -hmm. honest but with all the narrative going into this one outside with the steelers at minus two and a half well, and Pittsburgh does certainly have the edge in terms of series history with Big Ben. I know that he sure. has dominated the series. Is there any prop action that you like with him specifically, especially with all of the fanfare around, you know, this potentially being his last game? Do you expect him to have a good day? Yeah, so I think that's that's uh, something to think about when taking some of these props, too. So, like, getting Big Ben to throw over one and a half passing touchdowns at even money is one that I'm looking at here. He's only done this in five of the 14 games that he's played so far this season, but he's done that twice in the last four and then the Browns have allowed some of the most passing touchdowns in the league. They've allowed 27 on the league. So if they're going to let Big Ben do his thing tonight, which is very likely because this could be his last one song here at home, you know, getting even money on over one and a half passing touchdowns, that feels like a really enticing bet that you can take. You just got to see if the offensive line can protect my dude. Right? right? right. <laughs> it's been bad. Okay, so who's he passing it to then is is my next question for you. If he's getting those one and a half touchdowns, if he's ultimately having a good day, getting the yardage, where's he going? Yeah, so look, I think Deontay Johnson's a really uh, good one here. I like him going over 22 and a half receiving for his longest reception in this one here as well. He's got over that in 10 of the 14 games that he's played this season. Big Ben averages about four pass attempts per game of 20 or more yards. Johnson has seen 22 targets of 20 yards or more, catching seven of those, which is one of the best on the Steelers. And on those catches that he's made, he's averaging 37 yards per reception with three of his touchdowns. So this can kind of be a little bit of a combo here. You can get him for over the longest reception, uh, 22 and a half, and then an anytime touchdown as well, which I think is at plus 125 right now, the last time I checked. So those are two options you can look at as well. So I think this is going to be a big night for Deontay Johnson. Anytime touchdowns are a must bet prop for me on primetime games. And I usually try to bet yeah. one on each side. So if there was a target for you to go maybe on the Brown side of things, who would your anytime touchdown pick be? 
Austin Hooper at plus 400. That seems like a really high number for him because the Browns love going to their tight ends. Austin Hooper leads the team in red zone targets with 12 total on the team. We know the Browns love to run the ball with Nick Chubb and whatnot, especially in the red zone. But if they're throwing the ball in the red zone, it's been going to Austin Hooper. Uh, the Browns really had their way with their tight ends against the Steelers earlier this season in week eight. Nine catches for 98 yards. They just could not contain the tight ends in that game. So if that narrative plays again this week here, Austin Hooper feels like a really good bet for that anytime touchdown. Like I said, plus 400 seems like a really high number for somebody that gets used as much as he does in the red zone. So love that number for Austin Hooper. And I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. We love that plus money. Um, <laughs> there's one there's one prop here, though, I see that my producer Stephanie showed me that you like tonight. That has made me very sad and emotional and depressed. I may be playing Nick Chubb tonight in my fantasy football championship game, and you uh, like him over his yardage tonight. Uh, this is not sitting well with me, but give me your reasoning. I'll sit through it. I'll listen, but I don't like it already. I don't like it. Well, first and foremost, I don't know why Steph's trying to create this drama. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you just came back. Like, it's the beginning of the week, new year. She's already trying to create the drama. But Classic with that Stephanie. said, we gotta be honest. Come on, Stephanie. We got, <laughs> but we gotta be honest though. The Steelers' run defense has been absolutely atrocious. I mean, you're looking at what they're allowing. They've allowed an average of 120 rushing yards per per game, 4.8 yards per carry to opposing running backs. In the last three games, though, specifically. Oh my goodness, I don't know what they're doing. The last three games, 5.2 yards per carry and 180 rushing yards allowed over that span. They've been getting absolutely trampled by opposing running backs. So now you have somebody like Nick Chubb, who is obviously the workhorse in this one. This number is going to keep going up, I think, as the game gets closer. It might even be over 88 and a half at this point. But this is going to be a game where they're going to be trying to run Nick Chubb you know, slow this game down. So at this rate, you know, like taking the over on this one, this Steelers run defense just cannot stop that run at all. You know, um, unfortunately for you, I actually do have a direct line to Kevin Stefanski, and I'm going to oh. tell him that he has to use uh, Kareem Hunt a little bit more since it's his first oh. game back in a little while. So that's, you know, just fun news for you. <laughs> I'm gonna add that. I'm gonna add that to my research and notes. That's something I didn't account for. So I'm glad you gave me that tip. No, it is great. And honestly, it's been killing me because it's so true. The Steelers' run defense is so bad, and you know Nick Chubb is poised for a good day. So I'm just holding out hope, sending out a prayer, but probably not gonna happen. As long as he doesn't get over 22 points, I'll be okay. Um, I wanted to get some of your general takeaways though from this past Sunday. Obviously, the playoff picture really coming into form with the final week of the season approaching. Um, what was your biggest surprise? And don't you dare lie and tell me it wasn't Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was just like, absolutely incredible right to see that that play out but it's almost like you can't really be surprised with the antonio brown thing but with that aside okay well let's just take antonio brown out of the mix the the colts losing to the raiders i think had to be one of the more shocking things like at, i blame adam Schefter. he said that whole thing about when jonathan taylor goes over 100 yards the, the colts mm -hmm. never lose well it happened and then they lost but you know that was a game that was like okay the colts are going to win this one they're going to clinch their playoff spot now, the Colts should make the playoffs, you know, but it's a little bit murkier now because that Raiders team is still alive, you know, and they're, I think, a total wild card in this whole thing here. But I think that loss, uh, the Colts look really human, I guess you could say, and it really shows that when they're behind, 
you really can't rely on Carson Wentz. That's where it really gets murky for them. So I think the Colts losing to the Raiders was the biggest shock of, of this week so far. Fun fact, we found out there is a scenario where if Jacksonville beats the Colts and the Raiders and Chargers tie, the Raiders and Chargers get in. So, hey. Mm. <laughs> My biggest bet of the year was the Colts to miss the playoffs. So I, I'm just, I'm not happy with how things have played out. So there's that. You and Stephanie are just bonding so much. She has that ticket as well. Uh, thank you. Does so, she? yeah, she does. That's why, that's why I know this information because Stephanie brought it to the table. Thank you, Steve. You're awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later. That's Steve Buchanan. Everybody, good luck with your Monday night football bets coming up tonight. Steelers and Browns should be a, a fun one. We'll see ultimately what happens in the future of Big Ben. Rush Hour and Danny Burke are next. Keep it locked, as always, on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.